0: Tonight we're talking about um, dating and relationship, or dating and marriage, I should say. And our, our the series is entitled DM, okay? DM dating and marriage, and I, I love talking about this topic. Um, it is, it is. Uh, I think it's needed. I think often. We say, I've heard that already, but most people aren't doing (laughs) things that they, in a sense, would help them uh, uh, grow as an individual and in turn help them take future steps towards healthy relationships and healthy friendships and healthy dating relationships that will move them towards, if they desire, a marriage relationship. And so tonight we're going to be talking, we're going to have three weeks of DM, or dating and marriage, And then I'll do the first two weeks, and then Ben and Kendra Lapsch, if you know them, they're uh, they're heavily involved. Ben's the other associate youth pastor. Um, They're going to be coming and sharing together, and Alan is going to interview them and just ask them a bunch of questions. And we're going to be gone on the camping trip, so you guys are going to have a great time um, with that last week here. And so tonight, at the end of the message, um, we're going to do a little something special. We're going to like line up all the chairs like this. I'm going to put all the guys on this side. I'm going to put all the girls on this side. And we're just going to do a little speed dating. Like, I'm going to throw some questions. I'm going to throw some questions on the screen. And you just kind of get to go. The girls will sit down. And the guys will kind of move down the aisle and just ask. And if you, just, if you feel like there's connection, just ask each other out. We're just going to speed this thing up really fast, okay? I'm totally kidding. We're not doing that, okay? I'm totally kidding. Uh, we are not doing speed dating. Some of, you, some of you gals were like, I am leaving right now. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go on that altar call, and y'all are like going to stand up, and you're like out the door. You're like, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wake up early in the morning. I got. Some of y'all were ready to leave. Oh man, that's funny. Some of you guys though, were really excited. Some of you guys like, finally, finally. I haven't had the guts. This is gonna push me. Oh man. Some of y'all would still go through that and still and still direct message a girl because you don't have the guts to ask him out in person, though. I'm sorry. I need to be encouraging. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. There's so many things to talk about when it comes to dating and relationships in 2021. <laughs> so many things. But I only have, like, 25 more minutes, so... We're gonna jump into it. I'll save the jokes. You guys, I'll save the jokes for you guys in your in your community groups for afterwards. Um, so tonight, kind of like we're in the ma- the series DM, but um, tonight the title of my message is prep work. So it's kind of this idea that there's there's work to be done while you're single that only has to do with you and has nothing to do with you searching for a compatible partner. There's like prep work to be done. And so uh, tonight we're gonna be talking about four areas of prep work, Um, one is vision, two is values, three is self-care, and four is community. And so this isn't a a comprehensive uh, list of things that you need to do for prep work, but I feel that there are four important things to do. If you desire uh, 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 to be in a relationship Or even if you're in a relationship, you can still do prep work right now. A lot of people get into dating relationships, so if you're dating right now, it doesn't mean that you're exempt from this message, because a lot of times people get into relationships without doing the prep work, and so there's still work to be done on ourselves in order to be a healthy person, to offer our love, a sincere love, a godly love, to the person that we're in a relationship with. And so you're not exempt. If you're dating, this message is just as much for you. This message is just as much for me, although some of the practicals, uh, won't work out for a married couple but still if you're dating or if you're single this message is for you and the funny thing about about dating is that dating is a is a new concept dating's has only been around like the like the dating that we're used to like where you actually get to choose the person that you get to be with is a fairly new concept. And even when we were able to start choosing who we were going to be married to, it used to be that like you lived in a small town, you had like nine choices. You, you, like, there was like nine girls, to, or there was like three guys to choose from, and so you, the pickings were slim. And so even the dating landscape that we're in now is different than it was 100 years ago. And even even 10 years ago, like when I was in high school and early in college, there, was n- there were no dating apps. There was no Tinder or whatever else you guys, use. what's the newest one? Yell it out at me. The da- dating app or, or the Tinder type, swipe left, swipe left. What's the newest one? Facebook dating. Is there Facebook dating? Yep. Oh my gosh. What else is there? <laughs> Bumble. Okay, farmers only. Yeah, I get it, yeah. <laughs> um... um The the idea of dating is so new, the Bible, which was written 2,000 years ago roughly and even beyond that, the Bible doesn't talk about dating at all. There are no prescriptive uh, methods for a Christian to date from the Bible, but there are principles that the Bible gives that translate into the dating world, and so that's what we'll pull from today and in the, in the future weeks, taking biblical principles, applying them to ourselves as young adults and how to navigate our, our our dating world and our dating life. And so, I want to give one recommendation for a book that is amazing. Um, and so, this is a book called True Love Dates. Okay, and some of the stuff that i used in this message today is from that book. It's a phenomenal phenomenal book. So if you're someone who's like single or even if you're in a relationship it's for both parties, i highly recommend. It is a simple read. If if you're at like a 10th grade reading level, you can probably read this in 3 weeks, okay? And if you're at like if you're a prime reader, you can read it in like three days, okay? It is a simple, easy, full of stories and, and really good biblical wisdom on how to navigate uh, the dating landscape in 2021, okay? And next week, we'll be giving away five books of true love dates, and so if you want a free book, come next week, and we'll make you do a dance or something to come get it. Um, but anyway, as we, get, as we keep going, um, I started dating my wife, Abby, um, shoot when was that oh yeah it was gonna be it's nine years this November okay nine years this November is when I started dating my wife Abby here's us when like this was like in that like pursuit like mode you know what I'm talking about like where you like you know you think you kind of like each other but you're kind of nervous because you don't know if you like each other because you know like you got other guys that are interested in in the girl that you like and so you're kind of navigating that this was at the Hudsonville fair on the you know like the one big ship that goes like this you know goes back and forth that was on that ride at the Hudsonville Ferry, right before we started dating. And so I remember like I remember dating and I had I had like some some wisdom and some understanding, but I I was just like, I just wanted a girlfriend. I was just, you know, I was just, I wanted a girlfriend. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't any work that I put into, there wasn't any prep work that I put into it other than the work that my parents and youth pastors invested in me and helping me shape how to date and treat, you know, do it God's way. And so here's just some other pictures of us. That was at a a Whitecaps game. And Abby does the best, like, fish lips ever. It's crazy. So, and then that's her, her, that was her first fish ever that she caught and this is us later on, and then this is us now with our two kids. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I was like looking at these pictures. I'm like, that is wild. Like that, that can happen. You know, this is what it ends up if you, if you find the right person. And it's just like nine years later, it's like your life is crazy. Your life is crazy, and you don't get much sleep, but it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Um, so ultimately, we started dating nine years ago. We dated for three years, and and then we got married. Three years is a long time to date if you're not having sex, okay? I can tell you that much. There is temptation. We waited. We did not have sex, but we were very close. i tell you that much because dating is not natural. It's like, a, like humans, men and women, were not meant to be emotionally connected while not being physically connected. Like, that's why I said dating is unnatural. To date someone for three years and not having sex is the most unnatural thing. You can say, you can, like, there's so many guys or gals will beat themselves up. Oh my gosh, we're just you know, having a hard time, you know, staying pure. And it's like, well, listen, you need to stay pure because God commands it. And there is a holiness that we need to maintain as Christians, but not before others, but before God. But at the same time, like, there is a natural desire for us to be united with A spouse, if that's what you're called to, Um, and and don't. So I say, put up boundaries. Right, bring other people into your relationship if you're dating, and talk about your boundaries and don't compromise. But at the same time, realize that you shouldn't try to eliminate your feelings for one another. You shouldn't try to eliminate sexual desire because then that will lead to problems once you do get married. Because oftentimes, people who who squash their sexual desires, meaning that they think it's so bad and I gotta just destroy it, is that once they get married, they actually have a hard time having sex because they've, be- they've formulated a belief in their mind that it's evil and wrong. So you need, to, you need to, in a sense, what I would say is say yes to sex. So don't say no to sex, say yes to sex. Meaning, I'm saying yes to God's design, which is in the confines of marriage. I'm saying yes to the design of God, which is it's a beautiful, holy, wonderful, amazing expression of love and intimacy in marriage. So don't say no and beat yourself up. Say yes. Say yes to God's design for sex. And if you're someone who's already had sex and you've already and you're grappling with how to how to move forward after you've had sex, uh, God forgives and He redeems and He makes things. He makes things new, and your purity, purity, meaning like your purity before God, can be redeemed, and you can start living as a pure person now, even if you've already had sex, if you have a sincere heart, and and there's repentance to move forward in God's design. And so as we get going into the message tonight, this is kind of like our our theme or our, our statement. Becoming the right person is the first step to finding the right person. So just look at that phrase, becoming the right person is the first step to finding the right person. And so I think it's so funny, like with the title of prep work, we, do, we prepare so many things. Some people are like health nuts and they like meal prep. Right? They think about their week and they go and they go to the grocery store and they put all their food in the refrigerator. They put in containers, ready to go. They meal prep. Other people prepare for a a bath, sports game. So you have like a basketball game. You're going to do scouting. You're going to work out. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to prepare. You're going to prepare. You're going to prepare. You're going to prepare. You're going to do everything because you want to perform well. And then you have other people who are, you have a test coming up or an exam. And so you're going to prepare for your exam. You're going to prepare for your test. And all the while, we prepare for all of these things in life, and yet we need to prepare for relationships. We need to prepare ourselves for the moment that we allow and we make a commitment to have someone else come into our life closely. And so we need to prepare for those things. And so before I give you some of the simple uh, simple tips or th- uh, perspectives on, on, on preparing or the prep work, I just want to make a few statements. Marry, marriage or marriage, marriage is not greater than being single. In God's eyes, married people do not have um, a higher view, God doesn't have a higher view of married people than he does single people. Like God does not view them as farther along. God does not view them as they've made the right steps or the right decisions. God does not view married people as uh, uh, rewarding them because they're somehow better than single people. That's not God's perspective at all. And on the contrary, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I felt like it was necessary. Some people are called to celibacy. Some people have a call to be single. Some people have a call to not be married. And I want to say to you, if that's you or you find yourself as a single person, I want to say I'm sorry for all the people in church who ask you if you're in a relationship, when you're going to be in a relationship, when you're going to be married, all the people that have unknowingly hurt single people because they're still single. I'm sorry that happens. People are are well-meaning And we live in a in a culture where we just celebrate marriage way too much. Marriage is an amazing thing, it's a gift from God, but singleness or marriage is not greater than singleness. And so, although if you're called to celibacy, I want to say you have a place here, and we you can you can be a leader in our church if you're single. That we're not gonna wait for you to get married before you're a leader. You can be a leader, you can do a ministry, you can love people, you can lead people to Christ while you're single, just as much, if not more. Than if you're married, because marriage is not greater than singleness in God's eyes. Does that make sense? That's so countercultural, um, but it's important. It's actually the biblical perspective. It says it in, in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul speaking, he says, I wish that all of you were as I am, meaning single, but each of you has your own gift from God. So he calls his celibacy a gift. Interesting. He says, one has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. Interesting. So many times we're we're running the rat race trying to get married, and all the while Paul, there's a now not for everyone, but Paul has a, a an encouragement to single people saying, like, yo, I am like, I wrote more than half the New Testament. I'm single. Do as I'm doing. Right And then it says in, later on in First Corinthians seven, it says, "I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, his interests are divided." And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Now, if you're single, that does not mean you have to say single, but it's an encouragement to some people who have the gift of celibacy to say, listen, you're not missed, like God's call. it's a gift. And we as a church need to come around people and say, you know what, we need to honor the gift of celibacy and honor that gift and not pressure everyone and everyone once they get older than 22 about when they're going to get married and we need to start encouraging them in their relationship with Christ and in their leadership. Give me a thumbs up if this makes sense. Sweet, so we're uh, going to go into our, our section here and talk about vision. So the first thing, the first prep work that we need to do, oops, sorry, I totally didn't go through all those verses with you, I'm sorry. Um, the first thing, the first prep work or the first point of preparation, if you have your notes out, is, is vision. And the question is, do we know the why behind marriage? So do you have a vision? Do you have a picture of why marriage, because dating leads to marriage, should lead to a covenantal commitment? Why marriage? It says in, in Genesis 1 that God created Adam first. It says he created them, male and female. He created Adam. Then in Genesis two, he it gives the account of Eve being created, and it says that Eve was pulled out of Adam's rib, and he formed Eve out of Adam. And it says that they were made in the image of God. And so, a lot of times, we, as a sexualized culture as we are, we we all we oversexualize Adam and Eve, right? Because they were naked. Right? And some of you may have heard pastors say, like, well, I would have eaten the fruit too if, if, if a naked woman asked me to. Like, I don't know if you've heard statements like that. I have. And I want to say that is the most disgusting statement I've ever heard. I'm serious. To sexualize Adam and Eve in the garden is, is an awful thing to do because it perverts the meaning of what's actually happening. And what, what's, ha- what's really happening, so some people say, well, Adam and Eve, like, he was alone. He was alone. God created Eve because he needed a helper. And some people even take it too far and say, God created Eve because Adam was a sexual creature and he needed an outlet. And so he created Eve as an outlet for his sexual desire. Are you kidding me? He needed a helper. He needed something. No. You see, Adam was made in the image of God, meaning the the, the, the love. He was made in the image of God, which is selfless, sacrificial love. So the only way for Adam to express the image of God would to be to have someone that he could selflessly and sacrificially love. Does this make sense? And so the reason Eve was created was be so that Adam could lay down his life and bear the image of God, which was a selfless and sacrificial love, to Eve. That was the, that's why, so that they could do that to each other, sacrificially love one another and therefore bring glory to To God and be an image bearer of God as a couple, as one. And so the reason, right, the reason marriage, the reason why God created the union of marriage was so that man and woman, yes, they could procreate, but it's actually deeper than that. The the reason that he created man and woman to be married and, and have the covenantal union of marriage was to bring glory to God and so that the love of God could be on full display to the world, Now, if you're single and you're called to celibacy, you can still reflect the imago Dei or the selfless sacrificial love of God towards others, but the union of marriage was designed to reflect God's love. And now you can see why the devil and demonic forces of our culture are attacking marriage. If marriage is the thing that's supposed to directly reflect the love of God, what do you think uh, the devil's first assignment is? Let's destroy that. Because if I can destroy marriage, then I can destroy people's view of love. And if I can destroy and distort people's view of love, then they won't recognize Christ. And the light of God won't shine as bright as it could if marriages were healthy and and built on the self-sacrificial love that's shown in Jesus Christ. You guys following me, or is is this okay? And so the reason, right, marriage, God created this why, was so that we could reflect Christ's love. That's why marriage is a thing. Now, there's so many other benefits, right? Procreation, you know, populating the earth, keeping everyone, keeping the earth alive, and right. There's so many other things, but ultimately, there's a spiritual component to marriage that the culture is trying to strip us from. We, 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 we don't even. We there's so many aspects of marriage that are being polluted by culture, like that. That it's just. It's, even, it's very difficult for us to get a true picture of why and why God created marriage. But it's ultimately, we got to get that vision. we got to get that vision, that picture, that godly biblical picture of marriage. And it says this in Proverbs 29. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So if you don't have a vision for the why behind marriage, ultimately, there will be destructive behavior in your relationships because if you don't know the purpose of why something is created you will ultimately misuse it. And so my practical tip for us in this section is do you have a married couple in your life that you look up to? For me there's multiple people but just two people that are that are for me and Abby that we really look up to are Matt and Brenda Davis and we look up to them and we say wow they're married like they're they have a sweet marriage. We've been around it, and we've asked them questions. We've, they've given us advice on things. And, and so one of the practical ways to get a picture, a vision of what a godly marriage looks like is to see people who are living it, and then ask them questions and to try to rub shoulders as much as possible with those types of people. I am just, just want to remind you, with vision, becoming the right person is the first step to finding the right person. The second thing that we're going to talk about tonight is values. So this is like a prep work, Right? We have to develop values before, and if you're in a relationship, start doing it now. We have to develop values before we get into the relationship. Okay? So the values are, 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 I'll tell you what they're not going to be. They're not going to include, although these things are important, but not the highest priority. Appearance, looks, hotness, body, type, or shape. Um, uh, career, salary, education, or hobbies. It's not any of those things. Some people, I talk to them, what are you looking for? I'm just looking for someone who I can travel with. (laughs) You do realize that when you have two young kids, you literally can't travel. So if the number one thing you're looking for is someone to travel with, you either never have kids or you realize that the person that you're marrying, you won't be able to do the one thing that you prioritize most. So then what? Does this make sense? And as young people, it's easy to prioritize the wrong things because uh, sometimes our priorities fluctuate and they get out of line. But a mature person will recognize the values that will last throughout a lifetime and not the values that will last only through our young adult life. And so here's the reality. Um, you will get old and wrinkly. See that couple right there? You're la- I'm laughing at them as I found this picture. That's me one day. Like, that is gonna be me. And so, like, looks, appearance, body, you know, all these things that we place such a high value on in our culture, those things won't matter probably within, like, uh, let's say, 20 years of being married. And if marriage is for life, it's a covenantal lifetime lifetime uh, commitment to another person to lay down your life for their benefit till death do us part, then you have to consider that Looks are not going to be the highest priority in the future. And so I'm going to break this down into three categories. This is from the book, True Love Dates. There's the red, the yellow, and the green, the three different uh, ways to develop your values. The first is red. This is your red list. These are traits I would never allow myself uh, to settle for in a partner. You need to develop these. You need to write them down. And you need to tell a close Christian friend to keep yourself accountable, so you don't get swept off your feet by some guy or some gal who isn't good for you, who compromises your values. So traits I would never allow myself to settle for. You need to make this list. This is not a comprehensive list. These are just some of the things that I that um, that are in the book, and then some of that I've added myself. Addictive behaviors, um, abusiveness, uncontrolled temper. Patterns of betrayal. Not a Christian. Pressures you sexually. Does not respect authority. So these are just some of the things that, like, that are just general good things. Now you might have other things that are personally for you, like no-goes, like the no way, traits that you don't look for. But one of the ways to, to find right, your positive values is to find your, <laughs> the ones that you don't want, right? And so you need this list. If you don't, Here's the deal your your heart is dece- deceitful above all things. Once you get into a relationship, like your heart will be emotionally detached to someone even if you know they're wrong for them. Your mind will play crazy tricks on you to give you excuses to not break up with them. And if you're in a situation right now, you're dating someone and they and you know that you don't want these traits in a spouse, I'm going to give you encouragement to, to strongly talk. talk to someone first that you trust, but to consider breaking up with them. Because when you get married, your job isn't to change your spouse. And so when you get married, you have to live with who they are. That's the love of God. The love of God is I'm not going to change you. I'm going to love you despite your weaknesses. So once you marry them, like you have to live with these things. And so it's better to break up now than it is to break up six months from now. It's better to break up now than it is to break up two years from now because because every month that goes by, it gets harder and harder. And so this is my encouragement to some of you that are in toxic relationships that you know you're not supposed to be in. I'm just telling you to consider the long-term effect as opposed to the short-term discomfort and pain. Right? It's difficult to break up with someone, but in the long-term, it'll be better for you. If, if they're compromising values that you have. Next is yellow. Yellow list. Traits I would rather my partner not have or I would need to explore. We'll, we'll continue. So these are things that are like, yeah, they're not like non-negotiables. They're not like things I would never, but they're things that are like, I'm gonna proceed with caution, okay? Here's a few things, and you need this list too. You need a red list, you need a yellow list, and you need a green list. That'll be the next one. Uh, sexual history. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be with someone who has a sexual history, but you should probably talk about that with the person that you're dating at some point. Not right away, but eventually if you're in a serious relationship, you should talk about your sexual history because it has a profound effect on trust when it comes to marriage. Family origin issues. So your, your family origin, your culture. Like some people, like, right, some people, the cultures, you, you marry someone whether the, from a different culture, and there's clash because of all the differences. Now, some people, you can come from different cultures, and it can be beautiful. But sometimes, you think it's going to be beautiful, and it's not. And so you need to consider, do I want to be in a lifelong committed covenant relationship with someone who I will have to surrender my comfort in order to fit into their life? You have to ask yourself that, Right? Three unhealthy habits or issues that could be a lot of different things. Um, Lack of involvement in church. He's a good guy. I mean, he he grew up in church. He went to Christian school. Yeah, that that for me that's or a gal. It doesn't have to be a guy. That's a huge deal for me. Like for me, like if you don't want to be in church, why? Why? You know what I mean? Like, it shows you a part of their values. They're showing you their values. And if that doesn't line up with yours, you need to really proceed with caution. And if you're in a relationship right now, you don't need to break up with a person. It's not a, it's not a red list, but it's like, let's talk about why don't you want to, are you willing to come with me? Are you willing to be more committed? What's up with this? You know, proceed with caution. Um, bad reputation among peers. If no one likes your, your, your spouse or the person that you're interested, if no one likes them, it's probably not a good sign. Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm going to be careful. A sign of a healthy, a sign of a, of a healthy person, a sign, is they have strong, they have at least one strong same-gender friendship, Okay? at least one. If the person you're about to date or your person you're interested has no friends of the same gender, proceed with caution. Because it shows something about them, not that they're evil or wrong, but it shows something about someone if they cannot relate to people of the same gender. So it's not a deal breaker, and if you're that person, it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you, but it does mean, we'll get to the next one, that you should probably pursue self-care, okay? We'll get to that. Um, Did I say anything? One second. Um, My close family and friends do not approve. Now that, I'll put a little caveat on that. If you don't trust your close family, or if your family, don't trust your family, okay? Like if if your family is not a good source of wisdom, don't trust your family. But if you have close friends that are Christian and have good values, then you can get their opinion on someone else. And if everyone else is saying like, "Er, er, er," like you should probably like, pump the brakes a little bit and pray about it some more and think about it some more and think critically about this because sometimes we get so caught up in the emotions of pursuit that we lose sight of common sense. Right on? But ultimately it's your decision, not other people's. So you can make your own decision. Um, I'll say with that one, just as a personal anecdote, I had one of my, my, I had a good friend come to me while I was dating Abby and he told me that I should break up with her. You know what I said? I said, thank you you for your input. Um, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And he told me why, and I said, oh, I can see where you're coming from. And I said, I think you should break up with your girlfriend. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) And this is why, you know? Because we can always find fault in people, and ultimately, even though just you have a close friend who doesn't approve, doesn't mean you have to listen to them. You have your own judgment, and you can make your own decisions, right? But you should proceed with caution, right? And the last one, it has no discipline or vision. Somebody who's lazy, somebody who doesn't have a vision for your life, like that, just be careful. You want people that are going, that are moving, running towards Christ, running towards a purpose for their life. And so here we go. Green, man, I am like going so slow. Holy moly. (laughs) Green, is this good though? Is this helpful? Okay, I'm gonna keep going then. If it's helpful from the three people that said yes. Yes. (laughs) Just messing with you guys. I'm in control, so I can go as long as I want. <laughs> Green. Green. Uh, traits you desire in a partner. These are the good things, right? This is where you get to dream about your dream husband, your dream wife, or your dream person, whatever. Who do you want to be with? You get to dream now. Traits you desire in a partner. Um, we'll go through some of the list. A Christian. It's a good start. Don't, don't be unequally yoked. Strong relationship with Jesus. So not just a Christian, but a strong relationship with Jesus. Not just a titled Christian or a, you know, like bumper sticker Christian, but like strong relationship with Jesus. Challenges me to be a better person or a better Christian. Serves others. Has a reputation of integrity. Has positive friendships. And the last one is probably the most important. Similar values and morals. Listen, we need to create these lists so that we can make good decisions in our dating in our pursuit of being married. In pursuit of relationships. And ultimately, I'll say it again I did not put career, I did not put salary, I did not put looks, I did not put butt, I did not put abs, I did not put any of these things on my list. These are character issues that we need to be, uh, we need to prioritize as young adults who are following Jesus. And I'm gonna pause here before I go to the next one, and I'll say this. Um, if anyone is in the room is is same sex attracted and um, is broken hearted by um, this conversation because they 're wrestling with this difficulty that they 're not they don 't want to be with a gal or be with a guy they want to be with the same they 're same sex attracted and this conversation just boil I just want to say. Like this is not anything against you. God has a wonderful. He He loves everyone, and just because you might have same sex attraction and this message might not connect with you, I can just say from my heart to yours that you are. Remember, marriage is not greater than singleness, and 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 God loves you and has got has got you on a journey. And we are not like you. Do not have to be. You do not have to be ashamed. You do not have to be feel um on the marginalized. And if you ever need to talk to someone about what's going on with your same-sex attraction, come talk to me. I've talked to over a dozen people through the years who have navigated same-sex attraction, and I just know some of the people that I, like, that I just love and they love Christ. They're same-sex attracted, and they have to navigate this conversation a little bit differently. They have to navigate this topic a little bit differently, but nonetheless... Um, I just want to say I, I I know I I understand and I know that this conversation, if you are same sex attracted, is very difficult to listen to, and so I just want to recognize that. Um, ultimately, um, third thing is oh becoming the right person is the first step to finding the right person. Uh, third thing is self care. Um, so the third thing we need to do in our prep work is is care for ourselves. Oftentimes we spend so much energy and effort in finding the right person, but we should be putting more effort into becoming the right person in self-care. And so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go through quickly on this one, but these are some things that I think you you probably should start working on in yourself um, soon, but ultimately it's this idea of like looking in the mirror instead of looking for your spouse. Like before you look for your spouse, you, could lo- you should look in the mirror and say like, am I ready to bring someone else into my mess? <laughs> like. <laughs> Am I ready to bring someone else into, into what, what what's going on in me? And you're never going to be perfect so don't wait till you're perfect cuz you'll never be but ultimately we should ask that question to continue to become healthier and more devoted followers of Jesus before we invite someone into our mess. Right on. So some of the, some some lists lists of things that I think are are appropriate for for this. We should um we should really consider how pornography would affect a relationship, a dating relationship, or a marriage. We should consider how our communication skills. We should consider our, how our, like, if we're depressed or we have depression or anxiety, we should consider, like, wow, like, uh, like do I want to bring, and not that you shouldn't have a relationship if you're depressed or anxiety, but if you're not in counseling while you're depressed, you should probably start counseling um, before you get into a relationship so you can develop healthy habits and start seeing the world through a healthier lens over time. Um, before you, instead of finding someone um, to fix your depression, a few people have tried it, it doesn't work. Um, instead of finding someone to fix your depression, like work on yourself. Bring it to Christ, bring it to counseling, bring it to pastoral counseling and work on that. Um. Some people have fear of commitment, and so they just go from relationship to relationship. You should probably work on that before you get into a serious relationship because there's going to come a time and point when um, the other person will want to take the relationship further. And if you haven't worked through that, you'll just dip out, and then you'll run from really good people because of your, your fear of commitment. Um, and so th- those are just a few lists of things. And lastly, I said it before, but I really recommend it, Like counseling is not a taboo, weird here, taboo word here. So if you need counseling, go get counseling. Like work on yourself and become the person. Become the right person. Becoming the right person is the first step to finding the right person. Um, lastly is community. Um, do you have the right people in your corner? Ultimately, you can't I'll just tell a quick story. We all have a story like this. I had a buddy in high school. He was one of my best friends. He never had a girlfriend. He got a girlfriend. I never saw him for six months. Mu- I didn't see him for six months. <laughs> Raise your hand if you got that guy, or that got that gal, right? Maybe you're sitting next to him. Um, I'm kidding. Um, um, I'm just messing, but seriously, okay. We need to have the right people in our corner. This is what it says in Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. It says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another, or as one, or one man sharpens another. What I'll say is, um, it's important, I mentioned it earlier, but it's important to have same-gender friendships that are Christ-centered, and that are intimate, meaning that they know things about you that not a lot of people know. You don't need a lot of those, but you need a few. You need people in your corner, ultimately, to share your red, your, uh, your red yellow, green list to you. You need a good, solid Christian community who you can develop communication skills with. You need a strong Christian community to develop conflict resolution. like Because relationships will have conflict. Why don't you start with your friends before you get into a relationship? So if you have a conflict with a friend, instead of just ignoring it or getting angry at them or passive aggressive, go to your friend and hash out what you have with them and start learning how to communicate through conflict. So like prep work is taking your same-gender friendships and Practicing communication, right? And practicing these types of skills that we'll need in dating and marriage relationships. Um, Lastly, I'll just share Ecclesiastes. It just says about friendships in general. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up community, specifically same gender friendships, are crucial. I was saying, Ben Lepsch will probably say it, but I stole it from him. You should know your best man before you know your bride. You should know who your maid of honor is going to be before you find your husband. Because these same gender friendships that are Christ-centered are going to be the thing that allow you to do the preparation for relationship skills to have a healthy Christ-centered relationship. And ultimately, I'll just end with this statement again. Becoming the right person is the first step to finding the right person. And uh, as we navigate next week, next week will be more practicals on um, on how to like ask a girl out and what are some good viewpoints on how to do that or ask a, or how do you navigate if you have interest and then we'll talk a little bit about as you're dating what are some healthy perspectives of if you're in a relationship. So there'll be more practicals on that but ultimately I hope this helped you. I pray that you were able to take at least one or two things that you can apply to your life to ultimately become the person that uh, God has created you to be. Would you guys bow your heads as we, as we close in prayer? Uh, Heavenly Father we just thank you. God we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for God's showing us this agape love in Christ who came to give his life for us. And ultimately, God, as as, our, as these young adults navigate, God, their uh, desire to be in relationship and desire to be married, we just pray that by your Holy Spirit you would guide us and, and that you would help us and help them, God, to make wise decisions. You'd keep them from trouble. You'd te- keep them from toxicity. God, you'd keep them from falling for people who would who would ultimately be bad for their future and bad for, uh, God, ultimately just bad for them. And I pray, God, that you'd bring the right people at the right time, and that you would, God, unite people in Christ-centered relationships that would glorify God and bring more people to know and to love Jesus. So we just pray a blessing over this group in Jesus' name, amen.